Hello and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Howard Rambin, CEO and co-founder of Moody Rambin, a full-service commercial real estate firm. Welcome to the show, Howard. Thank you. Yeah, I've known you for, well, several years, and one thing has remained the same, which is you continue to succeed, even though you started the firm back in 1969. So I don't have a lot of guests that have been around that long and are still so successful through all the ups and the downs. And you have recently, or in 2020, received the Lifetime Achievement Award. So I'm just curious, what do you attribute to your successes? I attribute a lot, a lot of success to timing and luck. I think you have to be at the right place at the right time. I also obviously think you have to you know, be able to take advantage of those opportunities. But I think there are a lot of really intelligent, successful people that just have had some bad breaks. I've been fortunate enough to have some really good breaks, good upbringing, good good education and a desire to help solve problems. Accountant by trade. To me, business is all about just solving other people's problems. Ah, so since you were an accountant by trade, I know you're famous for a quote that goes like this. Life is like a bank account. You can't take out what you don't put in. So can you elaborate on a little bit more on that? I look at business like it's a game and we keep scores. One of the ways we keep scores is dollar bills. But I think that fundamental premise of any business is just solving other people's problems, whether I'm feeding them a pizza or building a nuclear power plant. All I'm doing is solving them problems, which really, really it goes back. You need to, you know, you need to put in more than you take out. And that, that's kind of what way I've always looked at, looked at the world and maybe right or wrong, but that's the way I've looked at it. Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not solving other people's problems, I'm not, I'm not getting paid. If I solve my own problems, I get a life. If I solve other problems well then i am curious again i don't know a lot of companies first of all that have been around that long and still succeeding but second of all you've had a business partner co-founder dan moody and still with the same partner how did you manage to succeed so long with the same partner well most marriages and most partnerships People try to control one another and try to get people to do things that I've kind of taken the approach, at least within the last 40, 50 years, is that I don't control much of anything. Everybody has got their own approach. So I think you give people the freedom to go do what they want. One of the things Dan and in our company has kind of gone in one direction and I've kind of gone in a different one. So we don't get in each other's way. One great way to survive mm. is not trying to control one another and not trying to dictate what the other people are doing, whether it's in business or in relationships or in marriage. Yeah. Well... I know you used to have, or maybe still have, two idols early on. I don't know if they were mentors, too. And what do you attribute to your leadership success? I never took any leadership courses. You know, when I was coming up, such subjects as marketing and leadership were kind of in the infancy. I think I got it just on the field, getting into battle, that somebody's got to take the lead. And I think I just naturally, naturally did that. And growing up, I coached a lot of my children's sports teams. And so I think that I think that's an excellent learning experience and leading people. Well, and I know when I met you, one of the things you told me that has helped you a lot in making decisions in life and leading people is you used to take a walk every day and reflect about what you learned that day and what went well and what didn't go so well. Is that something you still do or or something you recommend others do? 
absolutely. I mean, I, uh, I used to walk around Memorial Park and listen to Tony Robbins, but I still do occasionally. But I try to take at least an hour every day with quiet time away from the family, away from the business to reflect on what's going on in my life and various aspects of it. So, yeah, I think you call it meditation, you can call it reflection, you call it whatever you want, but I think it's pretty important. I think human beings are, have a couple of great traits, and one of them is denial, and the other one is delusion. The more time you can spend by yourself to try to peel back some of the denial and delusion, the better off you are. I've also had coaches all my life to help me see the reality and, and not get caught up too much in my own BS. Very good. Well, I was about to ask, you sound like you everything you touch is, turns into success. So what did you struggle with as a leader? Well, I think what we all struggle with is just uh, people. Like most entrepreneurs, I was a control freak for a long time. I'd look at people doing things and I knew I could do it better and faster than they could. And I was pretty much a control freak until I wore myself out and realized that people rebel against that type of person. What a leader's job is to, is to not take the monkey from them when they throw it on your back, but to give them the tools, the training, and the environment to where they can succeed. Because I will not succeed unless all of the people that I work with succeed. So for the last probably 10, 15 years, I, I live by the serenity prayer, which has helped me a whole lot and just let it go and quit fighting everything and just trying to help others succeed. And that's made a huge improvement in my quality of life. And, and I think everybody else is around me. <laughs> yeah. So Howard, was there a moment when you realized you needed to change that? Was it a health crisis or just what happened that made you realize that? Well, I've been through, I've been through several health crises. I've had cancer four times. Well, I've had some time back into the, you know, by, maybe by accident, ran into the serenity prayer, which had a, which had a huge, huge impact on me. And also my, the coaches that I've had in my career have had a huge impact on, on me, you know, helping me try to improve. Yeah. Well, and here you still are going strong as ever. And, and I know you've been through so many cycles in life of what others would call crisis. You just mentioned you know, the health ones you've been through. You've certainly business-wise been through several. What tip do you have for other entrepreneurs about how to make it through crisis? Well, I, you know, one of the things I do a lot of now is I do a lot of coaching myself. I coach other business owners and C-suite type executives. I also coach some addicts. And I guess as you go through these cycles, there are going to be down days. There are going to be a lot of cycles, especially in the real estate business. I mean, I've been through some huge cycles. Yeah. Going through the one right now. And I mean, I think the key that I've got is I just know I can't, I'm not in control of all of All I can do is the best that I can do on a day-to-day -day basis and help others do the best they can. One of the things I, I try to coach is that we all have, we all suffer from fear and crisis brings up fear. And the fear usually is the failure or the fear of losing. I've tried to develop a mindset and I might've gotten this from Tony Robbins, but the mindset is that I cannot fail. I cannot fail if I prepare as best as I could and I try and give it a hundred percent. I might lose, I won't fail. Mm -hmm. And there's a tremendous difference losing and failing in my opinion. That's how folks crisis. So if someone's listening to this and they're going, okay, what's the difference between losing and failing? How would you describe that? I use, uh, you know, college exams as a metaphor. If you're in college and you go to class all the time, you study hard, you get up early, you go take your exams, 
and you make a C and you try really hard to make a C, that's not too good. If you went out the night before and had a big party and woke up with a hangover and got to the test late, you know, just kind of did a halfway job and you got a C, you failed to me. So it's all in preparation and effort. Very good. So what inspired you to be the founder and start the efforts of keeping Houston beautiful, which was an anti-litter effort? In my real estate company, we were developing property, mainly office buildings. I developed 25 office buildings here in town and also some apartments and motels. But I was driving some of my European investors around the Galleria area one time. In those days, the highway department in Texas was broke. And so the weeds at the intersection of Post Oak and Nukes were probably six feet tall. And if the if the mowers ever came by, of course, the, the weeds would capture all the litter that people would throw out. And then the mowers would come by and shred it up so it looked like it had been snowing. Hmm. So the fans just kept making what a filthy, ugly place Houston was. And I said, this is the old curb appeal with regard to real estate, and ours was terrible. So that's why I started keeping this computer. Okay. Let me add, I just got all of the businesses around each intersection. We did, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 intersections around town, just as, a, as an example. But I got all the businesses in the area, and I'd take their pictures, and I'd say, here's your front lawn. Is, it, is this what you want to see? See what you, as your interest in business. They held on. I said, give them, contribute some money, and we're going to get it cleaned up. So biggest hurdle I had was getting to the highway department, uh, letting uh, private contractors on in their right away. But anyway, that's how I got started. How did you get? past that hurdle. Just perseverance, just hard-headedness. I show a few pictures of the right people in the highway department, the right politicians, where how can you have pride in your city where it looks like this? Mm-hmm. And that's what got people's attention. Yes. It's had a very simple, it's had a very simple byline, and that is litter destroys pride. Yeah. And if people want to know more about your company, they can go to moodyrambin.com. And both you and your partner have sons now working at the company. In fact, Dan Moody III is, I think, is one of the leaders now. He is. He's uh, Dan III is probably 59 now. And he and his father actually office, and that whole group office in a different different place than than my group does. Mm -hmm. Do a lot of stuff together, but we're pretty autonomous. My son has recently joined us. He spent 10 years on the Cushman Wakefield, and now he wants to be on part of the entrepreneurial role. So it's, it's Dan and little Dan has done, have done a great job. And how did you ensure that the family part would not become an issue? Yeah, back to the same thing. You just kind of let people do what they need to do and don't try to make the shoe fit that doesn't fit. And I suspect you've gotten very good at having clear expectations and effective communication. Well, I try, but it's still probably my biggest weakness. I'm reminded by the secretary or assistant sometimes I get frustrated, generally because I didn't make my expectations perfectly clear. Well, I certainly appreciate your stories. You know, you've got a wealth of experience and your willingness to share what not just your successes, but some of your struggles, I think will be very valuable to a lot of leaders. They certainly were to me when, when I met you several years ago. So thank you again for being on the show. That's great. And thank you. I, I think we all need all the help we can get any source we can. And I think all of us, especially as we get older, have an obligation to share whatever we can with others. I tell people, I don't think I can keep you from making a mistake, but I might speed them up and lower the intensity. (laughs) So hopefully it helped. Thank you. Thank you.